Hi, I'm Beck Dylan Hensby, and this is the pricing on the cake. Welcome, welcome to the pricing on the cake, the show that's all about helping women grow a profitable business they love with confidence and ease. Today, I am very, very honored to have the lovely Beck Dylan Hensby who is a financial planner who helps women live life on their terms without being controlled by money. Beck, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. This is going to be a really awesome conversation and I hope that every single woman ever listens to it and can gain some some insights into the things that you share. But to start off, I would love if you would introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a financial planner and money coach. So I work with predominantly women to help them create really uh, smart and strategic plans with their money so that they can ultimately live the life that they want to live without a bank account balance dictating those terms of what they can and can't do. Uh, So I provide personal financial advice and coaching on a number of different areas of personal finance from money management through to investment, superannuation, personal protection, estate planning, and so on. So really taking a look at someone's overall uh, financial picture and then working out, okay, well, what are some of the levers that we can pull Mm. so that all of the things that you want to do and the lifestyle that you want to live, how can we use your money as a tool to make those happen? So that's me in a nutshell. God, I love that so much. Yeah. That's so I, I feel so excited, like listening to that. I'm like, oh my God, tell me more. <laughs> so I have a, a, you know, hearing hearing you talk about that and the fact that you predominantly work with women, which I absolutely love. Um, I have a question for you. So I was reading a post the other day about the kind of money beliefs, the differences between men and women and the effect of the patriarchy on society and the kind of expectations that we have of men and women money-wise. And in the post, they talked about when it comes to growing your wealth or getting more money, typically men are encouraged to, you know, work harder, maybe find a second job or get a raise or, you know, invest in something or, or things like that. You know, they're really encouraged to get out there and like do more and get more. Whereas for women, typically they're encouraged to do things like spend just spend less money right so you can save more just buy coupons or you know only buy home brand or you know uh you know and and we see examples of this you know in everyday life like how many times has a friend come up to you and you know they're wearing something you say really nice jumper or something you go oh my god I love your jumper and they're like oh thanks I got it on sale it was only 20 cents and you're like oh yeah girl (laughs) like we we celebrate and this is something we as women do right we Mm. celebrate when our when our female friend has gotten something on sale or gotten a bargain, but we don't often have the same reaction when they go, oh, thanks, it was $2,000 from Hermes or whatever, right? Um, I would love to hear your commentary on this and whether this is, you know, a trend that you see in the work that you do. Oh, 100%. All of the money messaging that's specifically targeted for women, obviously apart from mine, and there are a few other great people in this space as well, but it is all about savings and budgeting. And it's about how can we save 30 cents on our grocery bill and, you know, what things can we cut back and, you know, what subscription should you cancel this month? And it's all just about savings and budgeting and frugality. Whereas the money messaging that is targeted primarily at men is all about growing and building wealth. It's about investment. 
And interestingly, the other day I was putting together a presentation about investing and I was doing a stock image search and I typed in investment and it took me pages and pages and pages of scrolling to find a picture that there was a female represented oh. in it. It was all men in suits. Oh and it's like, seriously, guys, it is 2022. It's like, 2022. Can we get our stuff together. Um, so, yes, I do see this. And it also, how I see it playing out in, in, in real life in every a lot of women that I'm working with is that because the narrative that we're told about money is so focused on savings and budgeting, it takes away so many people's confidence when it comes to investing. Yes. Like it's not something that is for us. And the reality yeah. is it's not something that has been for us for very long as women. It was, yeah. I think, in the 70s is the first time that women were allowed on the um, stock exchange in London. It was just <laughs> we have not been in the world of finance and investment for very long. And the narrative still to this day, for the most part, it is something that is primarily being focused for men. And so a lot of women don't have the confidence to invest. And, um, yeah, it's it's sad to see, but ho uh, ho something that I'm hoping to change for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that makes me so angry as well mm. um and I like I feel I feel very fortunate and I, I imagine you probably feel the same that you know we are in this time now where we do have so many more freedoms and we're starting mm. to change the narrative and change the messaging that women hear um I can imagine that there are probably a lot of women listening to this right now who are thinking well that's all well and good but I don't earn that much money. Like, how do I even start? Like, if I if I want to have a better lifestyle, if I want to have more money in my life, where do I even begin if not with, you know, budgeting and frugality, as you mentioned? What would mm -hmm. you say to them? Well, I would say that budgeting is important. I, I The way that we build our wealth is between, uh, we use the difference between what we earn and what we spend. So that gap is what we use to grow our wealth. So I wouldn't say like, let's burn all budgets to the ground. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn like it. Because <laughs> I am a big advocate for cash flow and money management. Mm. That's a big part of my work because the more that we can increase that gap, the more money that we have available to us to achieve our financial goals. I would say where perhaps some of the messaging around budgeting is wrong is that it should all be about sacrifice. You know, we need mm. to cut expenses down yes. to within an inch of their life and we lose sense of balance. So I think budgeting is important. So if we can find ways that you can realistically improve that gap or increase mm. that gap between what you earn and what you spend, that might look like reducing expenses it might look like working on the amount of income that you've got coming in increasing your pricing and being really strategic about that it could be a number of different ways but increasing that gap firstly is a really great place to start so I would encourage everyone to get a view of what's actually happening with your money right now how much is coming in and then when it comes in where is it going what's happening to it that's probably the more important part of money management as opposed mm -hmm. to saying you know I can only spend $27 on a fuel this week <laughs> or something like that which would be impossible these days now that I say oh that out gosh, loud yeah, no. <laughs> just more so having a view um, and then in terms of 
growing our wealth and building our wealth, there are ways that we can get started with no money or very little money as well. So, mm-hmm. for example, every single person listening to this is probably already investing. I would guess most of us, if not all of us, have a superannuation account. That means you're already investors. So like, yeah. let's take a moment to celebrate that. Yeah. You have money invested, which is really cool. You might not have... Um, the ability to contribute extra at the moment. If you're in business, maybe superannuation hasn't been a priority for you for a little while because, you know, you're trying to get a business off the ground and that can be quite expensive. (laughs) Um, But in saying that, you know, you can log into your superannuation now and just see, well, how is it invested? Is it invested appropriately for me? Um, You know, could you change the investment? So it's working a little bit harder for you. There are some things that you can do without having money available, then if you're interested in looking at investments in shares or something of that nature, Mm. there are apps where you can start investing with $5. So I think it's just about recognising that you can get started quite simply and easily and it's probably going to feel pretty intimidating for the first little while. Um, But that the best way to start is just to get started to get more comfortable to get more familiar with the process and as you do you'll find that you actually start to enjoy it never would I thought I would be the sort of person to say oh my god I love investing so much (laughs) honestly but I do I get I get a, a kick out of it now whereas when I started I, I didn't at all. I was terrified of it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I was I was exactly the same. And and I did that. I started with, you know, one of those little uh, apps. I, I think mm-hmm. it was Raise yep. that I started with. And you can, you can invest in as little as like a few dollars, like you said, mm-hmm. at a time just to kind of get yourself used to it, you know, get a bit more comfortable with the idea of it. Um, I think the, the other thing that a lot of women might be battling against, whether they're aware of it or not, is this idea that women aren't good with money. Right. Oh, there, yeah. there are probably, probably a lot of, and, I, and I've, I've actually spoken to quite a few clients who say things like, if I earn more money, you know, am I going to do the right things with it? Right. Mm. I can't ever imagine a man having that thought. No. So I can't <laughs> ever. Um, and that's, and that's not to say that this is, you know, the men of today's fault. This is a societal thing that has happened over many, many hundreds of years. Um, and it affects men negatively as, as well. Mm. Um, but I'd like to focus on that idea that, you know, women aren't good with money. And I'd, I'd love if you could share some research or some findings or your own experience in your business around, you know, women's skill with money, both with budgeting, money management, but also with growing their wealth and investing. So one thing that I have noticed is actually when we have more confidence with our money, we are so good with it that we make really smart, well-thought-out, logical decisions and it's brilliant. It's all about confidence, right, and feeling like we're making the right choices because Mm. what I have seen in a lot of people that I work with is we get caught up in analysis paralysis. We're just considering all of the options that are available to us And then we get so frozen in all of them that we don't take any action. So when we make decisions and take action from a place of confidence and belief in ourselves that we're doing the right thing and we know what we're doing, holy moly, we are unstoppable (laughs) financially. It's just so brilliant to see. It's, yeah, it's 
I have noticed it's a lot about the confidence and just having belief and faith in ourselves because they're has been a little bit of a narrative in the past that women are bad with money. Think about how we are shown to be acting with money in the media. You yes. know, irresponsible, like you walk yep. out of the shopping centre with all of the bags and tapping yeah. the credit card and, you mm-hmm. know, needing to rely on someone to manage our money for us. How many yeah. times have you heard, you know, oh, man's not a financial plan because we are just portrayed as being maybe not necessarily as good or as efficient with money as perhaps our male counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we have that portrayed to us in a wider context, it can make us feel like, oh, yeah, I can't trust myself. Yeah. yeah, I can't trust myself with money. Mm-hmm. One thing that I have seen is with, so I've worked with people that have a few cents to their name and I have worked with people that have quite a significant amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. One thing that I have seen, because it is true, so many people believe that they, if they were to have more money in their life, that they would be worried about what they would do with it, if they would be responsible, if they would become awful human beings. <laughs> One thing that I have seen is that money doesn't fundamentally change who we are. It mm-hmm. simply amplifies it. Yes. So if we're a yes. good person, <laughs> we are still going to be a great person with a bigger impact with more money. But if we're an asshole, we're probably going to be more of an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I say this to my clients all the time. Money doesn't change who you are. Just amplify. It's an amplifier money, yeah. right? It's 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 simply a resource, right? It's a resource for different things and you get to choose how you're going to use it. And it makes me really sad when I see women not trusting themselves and even being afraid of being successful like even when they have you know say a new pricing strategy that we've done up for them and they're they're really confident in themselves but then they don't put themselves out there because they're really worried about having all that money coming in and it kind of paralyzes them because in them in their brain psychologically it creates this cognitive dissonance of you know well the media says that I'm going to be really bad with money if I have lots of money I'm just going to go shopping all the time right Mm. but I know myself like I I don't think I'm going to do that. Like I know who I am. And so it creates this dissonance in our brain and our brain goes, well, which one do I choose? Mm -hmm. And often we go with the other one. And so we, we specifically unconsciously do things that sabotage our success because we don't even want to risk, right. You know, being that woman that walks out with the shopping bags as if shopping is such an evil right <laughs> how dare you buy things oh, for yourself <laughs> how dare you treat yourself and spend money on yourself and things like that um and and i've i've been able to you know experience this um myself particularly this year you know my income has grown quite a lot because i am trying to uh, save for a house so i've been quite um not aggressive with my finances but very very ambitious you know in trying to create wealth so that I can achieve those goals and you know initially I used to think that as because as a teenager I was very irresponsible with money I'm not a teenager anymore I'm 30 now (laughs) at the time of recording anyway um and what I found this year is that actually a lot more of my money has gone to things that don't really have much to do with me like I've been taking my kids on a lot of holidays right and spending money on them I've been you know investing in uh, my team members you know giving them either bonuses or increasing their prices so that they have more money as well um you know it hasn't been 
just like all shopping and irresponsible Mm -hmm. money. I think when you actually give yourself the opportunity to earn a bit more money and you realize that you can trust yourself, like you said, when you're more confident, you actually make really good decisions. Oh, yeah. It's it's a matter of practicing right and getting more comfortable with money. There's no... Now, I might completely butcher this statistic, so apologies to anyone if I do, but there is a reason why. I think it's something like 70% of people that win the jackpot in Tats Lotto burn through it in the first three to five years. There's nothing left to show for it. It's just because they haven't had the time to practice and get confident with money. Mm -hmm. Having that much money is completely outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So we all have upper and lower limits in our minds with the amount of money that we're comfortable earning and the amount of money that we're comfortable having in the bank. And when something happens that brings us to our lower limit or our upper limit, it actually puts us in our stress response cycle, our yeah. fight flight mode. Yeah. And we freak out because <laughs> our brain's like, oh, this, it's danger. It represents danger. Even if we know logically, wow, I mean, 100 grand in the bank is a really good thing. Yeah. Our brain is like, oh, I don't like this. It's too much. I, I, yeah, I haven't encountered this before. Mm. I don't know if it's safe. So what do we do? We do things that are going to bring us back into our comfort zone unless yeah. we're working on expanding that. And so how we behave with $1 is how we will behave with $10 is how we'll behave with a million dollars. So if we can build some really great habits around money now, some confidence around money now, no matter how much we have in the bank, no matter how much we earn, Mm -hmm. as our earnings capacity increases, so will our confidence with money and our ability to know that we can handle it no matter what. Uh, I, if I had looked... If, if I think about the me 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that was in a very poor financial position and tried to put me in my position now, I have no doubt I probably wouldn't handle it very well. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't let yet learned the skills to be able to manage money like this, to be yeah. able to grow my wealth like this. So I think sometimes when we are thinking about those greater amounts of money or those bigger income months, we're trying to put ourselves as we are right now in this very moment in that position. If I think about what, how I would be with, you know, a million dollars lying around, I even now that still makes me feel quite uncomfortable. But I know that the person that we become on our journey to expanding our income, to expanding our bank account balance or our investment account balances, we equip ourselves with the tools to be able to handle it along the way. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. (laughs) Oh, no, please. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I think you're you're exactly right. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about as well, Beck, is this idea of, you know, the value that women place on themselves, you know, in in the within themselves and also, you know, in the context of society. Uh, So there was an interesting study uh, that I watched on a show called 100 Humans the other day. And it got me thinking because I was like, I really want to talk to Beck about this. I really want to hear her Mm -hmm. insight. Um, What they had was they had these two groups of random humans. And to one group, they introduced Jesse, a man driving a Jaguar, and he told them, you know, I'm 33, I'm a doctor, uh, and this car is my pride and joy. And then to the other group of humans, they had Jesse, the girl, 
driving the Jaguar. She told them, I'm 33. I'm a doc. Uh, I work in medicine. Sorry. Um, so they both said, I work in medicine. I'm 33. And this car is my pride and joy. And then the humans had to answer a bunch of questions about um, how smart they thought they were, how trustworthy, like whether they would trust them, whether they thought they were a doctor and how much money they earned, they thought the person earned. For the man, they didn't think he was that smart. They thought he was quite arrogant, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> um, only I think about 20% of them thought he was a doctor. Uh, a very small percentage of them said they would trust him if he was a doctor. Uh, with the girl, they said that they actually thought she was smarter. So mm -hmm. on average, so this was a different group of humans. They said that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, so quite a few of them thought that she was very smart. More of them thought she was a doctor than in the male group. Uh, more, I think about triple of them said that they would trust her. So she had high wow. trustworthiness. But then something really interesting happened when they asked the groups how much money do or do you think that this person earns over or under $100,000 a year? For the man, they assumed that he earned over. For the woman, they assumed she earned under. Even though you had two people... Exactly. They were dressed the same, same age, same lines, same car. The only difference was gender. And still this group of humans for each of them uh, took that societal view that, well, women have usually have lower financial monetary salary worth. Therefore, she's probably not paid over 100000 whereas they assumed, even though they didn't think he was that smart, didn't think he was a doctor, didn't think he was trustworthy, they still said, yeah, he probably owns over a hundred grand. Oh, <laughs> I, a, oh. I know. I, I was like, I nearly screamed at the TV at that yeah. point. I was like. <laughs> I, I, I guess I my, your thoughts yeah. on that. I, well, I guess my thoughts are you can see why it, it enrages me, but you can see why because that's just a reflection of our society now, right? Mm -hmm. The reality is even now in 2022, we have a significant gender pay gap, yes. even in a country such as Australia. We also see women retiring with 20 to 30% less superannuation than men. Uh, women over the age of 55 are the fastest growing cohort of homeless people. Yes. I, so as much as it enrages me, you can see why there is a perception that women earn less because the reality is that in a lot of cases we do. We do, yeah. yeah. So for the women who have internalised that view, because I work with a lot of women who will say things like, I don't know if I'm worth it can't raise my prices because I'm not good enough or I, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that or, you know, I'm not worth it. What would you say to women who have internalised that societal view that women are worth less in the workforce to help them overcome that? I would say it's really important to understand what it is that we actually believe ourselves. What is this narrative that is playing in our mind? Because a lot of it's probably happening quite subconsciously and we're not aware of it. This is stuff that we've been absorbing our whole life, right? Yeah. And I, so we have somewhere between six to 60,000 thoughts a day, so it's impossible to stay on top of all of them, right? So I would just be asking 
asking yourself some really honest questions about what is it that I believe about myself, about my business, about money, and just trying to get to the bottom of what is this message that is playing on repeat in your mind? What is this narrative? And asking yourself, how is that showing up in my life and in my business right now? How is that actually practically impacting me? Then once you have that awareness, you can start to think about, okay, well, is this actually true? Mm-hmm. Is this thing that I believe actually true? Am mm-hmm. I not valuable? You know, am I worthless? Am I, you know, whatever narrative, you know, there'll be a whole lot of, and I'm um, guilty of this as well myself, there'll be a whole lot of self-doubt. There'll be a whole lot of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough. A lot of stuff is probably, a lot of heavy stuff is probably going to come up. Mm-hmm. And then just asking yourself, well, is this, how is this impacting me? Is this actually true? And if not, what do I want to believe instead? Mm-hmm. What, what message do I want to be playing on repeating my mind? Then we need to actively seek out evidence for that. It's not good enough just to say, well, you know what? I am worth it. Because <laughs> what's your brain going to do straight away? Be like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've had this. We've had this belief for so long. Yeah. Um. So just actively seeking out evidence of what it is that you would like to believe about yourself, your business, your life. So I am constantly gathering evidence. When I do something, like when I do a really good job at something, I do something to capture that. When I receive, you know, a beautiful message from a client, I get letters, I get postcards, I get messages. I always capture these and save them in a folder. Yes. So that when I'm low on belief in myself or what it is that I want to hold true, I go back and remind myself and show my brain, hey, you know what? <laughs> These new beliefs are true. And we, what happens is when we actively seek out evidence, we're telling our brain, we're, tell, we're telling our reticular activating system, our RAS, to filter for this information. So we're, start, we're going to start to see it um, more naturally more without more. even having to try mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but if you just spend a little bit of time and love on it, um, you will start to experience a notable difference in your day-to-day life and business. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned a part of the brain that just gets you extra brownie points from me. I (laughs) I love the brain. Um, Me too. That that is very, very true. And, you know, that's, that's very similar to... Uh, one of the things that I often will tell clients is that when you have those thoughts come up of like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, you, yada, 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 you need to first acknowledge that part of your brain that's mm. actually a protective part of your brain. It's trying to protect you from rejection or loss or failure, mm. right? And so acknowledging that part of your brain and saying, thank you for letting me know, mm. but you're really fucking unhelpful and actually you're wrong. And going, here is the evidence for that, right? Um, The other thing that, you know, turning to that evidence multiple times, as you said, doing it over time, you end up entrenching those neural pathways in your brain, right? And because you're becoming more familiar with reasons why you are good enough and reasons why you are worth it, that's going to become more easily accessible to you. So when you come into situations where you have an opportunity to pitch or to be visible or to be vulnerable because 
the evidence of how valuable you are is more readily available, that will be the that'll start to be the first thing your brain goes to over mm-hmm. time. And you're right, it's not an overnight process, right? Undoing, you know, decades of societal bullshit is not an overnight <laughs> process. It's going to take some time. Um, but I, I think you'll agree it is so, so worth it and amazing things happen when we Absolutely. do that work. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite client stories? Because I, I I think um, I love examples. Like I love stories. Mm-hmm. You know, as humans, we love stories. We, we've been telling stories for tens of thousands of years. Um, what have been some of your your particular favorite client stories where they've gone from a place of maybe fear and lack to a place where they're now you know quite abundant very fulfilled very confident in themselves oh my gosh so many so many um oh asking me to choose my favorite Favorite child (laughs) not that I have children I don't know what that would be like but I imagine it's like oh look it depends on the day and you know how well behaved they've both been it changes honestly the recurring theme with all of them has just been there's always this moment in time and I could I will probably figure out just speaking about this when someone comes to me, they don't. They have a. They have a picture of the life that they want to live, the things that they want to do, the experiences that they want to have, but they don't believe that it will happen. They don't believe that it's possible. They don't have that faith. It's like, oh, it'd be nice, but it's not going to happen. And then to witness the moment when someone realizes that actually it is possible, it's just like, see, and I'm getting emotional. <laughs> to have someone witness, like, just to have that moment of going, you know what, I can do this and it is possible for me. And I can tell you, if I had millions of dollars in the bank right now, I would still do my job for those moments because it is just 100% worth it. Um, so practical examples, I've seen women pay off, you know, in excess of fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of personal debt by, you know, um, having some confidence and faith and belief. Um, I have seen women, um, there was a, a lady that I was working with that started at about $7,000 a month income just by doing some solid work on the practical side of money, but also the mindset. Um, she recently had a $45,000 a month, so quite a significant wow. difference. Yeah. It's just having, <laughs> there's no, yeah, I can't pick one. I'm so I sorry. I know, no, it's, it's yeah. so understandable. It's it's just the, <clears throat> with everyone that I work with, there's just always these beautiful moments where when they have that faith in themselves, when they have a little bit of confidence in what they're doing and some strategy around it, of course, as well, that things that once seemed impossible are now possible for them and it's just really yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, my God, I also got a little bit teary there. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I, you know, because we, we, you and I have very cognate industries, right? Like what we do is very sort of like we're like cousin industries in a sense, I guess. Like I mean you're more like the personal, you know, finance side. I'm more like the business money, money side. And so yeah, I as you were talking, it made me think of like the kind of similar moments, right? Of clients being like, well, it would be really nice to earn this much money or it'd be really nice to charge this much or, you know, be able to do this with 
the money that my business earns and but for them it's kind of like a pipe dream you know like they're like oh I'd really like to like you know not need Centrelink or you know Mm -hmm. be able to actually take a holiday or things like that and they're like oh you know be nice but like you said it's probably not going to happen right and you know getting them to a point where they're like oh my god I've actually booked my first holiday in like 10 years and I'm like <laughs> oh, 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 oh that just gives I'm me good. all of the feels it's so yeah. it is so it is so good I agree I agree um I was gonna ask a question but I had a brain thought. <laughs> <laughs> for women who are in a place where they're ready to do some of that, you know, more serious investing. Let's say mm-hmm. that they've, you know, done the apps uh, or let's say, you know, they have, you know, maybe a couple of hundred dollars spare a week or month or whatever, um, and they want to start looking at things like investing in shares. Where would you recommend they start? And I would love to hear your insights on how should they start to think about the mindset side of this? Like how should they approach it? And also the practicality of like how do they choose, where do they go, what what do they do, that sort yeah. of thing. Cool. Um, so firstly, I would encourage everyone to just get a little bit of a lay of the land of where you stand in relation to all of this. So firstly, just ask yourself how you feel about investing. That's mm. a really big one because if it's something that feels scary and terrifying, Maybe dealing with this first, just with some some education, just talking to people about it that are doing it, just to get you more comfortable with investing will be a really great start. So we just want to know how do you feel about investing? But also I would really encourage everyone before you invest a cent, ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why are you investing? Because for a lot of people it's like, oh, well, I should invest, right? And I guess there is... There <laughs> Everyone is else is doing it. Exactly. <laughs> there, is some, there is some truth to that. I will advocate for investing and fund blue in the face. However, we just want to get a sense of, okay, well, what is the end outcome here? Because that's ultimately going to determine which way you go with investing. Because yeah. there are, you know, many different options, but we want to understand why. Is it to give you future financial freedom? Is it because you would like to give your kids a deposit for their first home or pay for their university or buy them a car is it just get really clear on the why how you feel about it and that is going to give you a lot of information to work with when it comes to actually making the decisions um so from a mindset perspective i would say it's really important to know and to understand that it doesn't have to be hard or complicated We need to remember that there are a lot of people that make a lot of money out of making us think that it's a lot harder than it is. I can promise you it's not. There are ways that we can keep it simple. I personally, I am a lazy investor, right? I don't want to be spending hours reading through company reports because... I don't have time for that. And I'm guessing none of your listeners have time for that. Yeah, probably. We we (laughs) don't have time. We can keep it as simple as we want to be. There Mm. are investment professionals who can, or or fund managers who can 
do all of the heavy lifting for us in terms of working out which the best companies are and everything like that. So if you're not interested in that side of investing, you don't have to be. I'm not going to ask you to pick which company you need to invest in and go through all of the reports because oh, it's probably going to feel pretty overwhelming, it's right? Boring as batshit yeah. as well, probably. But, but some people love that. Mm. I have some people that I work with that really enjoy the ins and outs, whereas it's not something for me not something for most people that I work with. So it gets to be simple. There are investments that you can purchase. uh, As an example, you can buy one share which gives you access to the top 200 companies in Australia. So you don't need to pick which company. You just pick one and you're all of a sudden invested in the top 200 companies in Australia. Mm -hmm. I would also ask you to think about prior to the investment process what's important to you when it comes to investing do you have any particular interest so for me I'm a big advocate on ethical investing I want my money to be representing what I value and what's important to me in this world so my investments have this ethical overlay because that's an interest of mine and it feels really good for me to do so if you're interested in a particular industry or a particular country or like just get a feel for I'm investing where do, what do I want my money to be doing because mm. ultimately your money is doing something in the yes world, right? yeah your money's working your money's working so those are more of the mindset things getting clear on why you're investing how you feel about it what's important to you just some of those details can be really helpful then from a practical perspective um try not to overthink it too much take some time and get a little bit of knowledge behind you. Um, there are so many fabulous Instagram pages. Plug for my own here as well that will give you some general. Uh, we'll put it general, down in the show notes as well. <laughs> that will give you some general education around some of these concepts, right? So arm yourself with a little bit more information because you're going to feel a lot more confident when it comes to approaching that decision. But also just give it a try. Just Give it a try. As we said, there are apps that you can start investing with $5 or even probably cents now. I don't know. The last I checked, it was about five bucks. And just experiment and see how it goes. Treat it like a big, beautiful experiment. Mm -hmm. There would be a couple of points to that. Don't invest money that you're going to need in the short term. So if you're going to really miss that money, if, if the market were to drop, I would encourage you not to invest that. So only invest small amounts that you feel comfortable with and treat it as a long-term thing. So really we don't want to be investing money that we're going to need in the next three to five years or thereabouts. But just have have a try and try and have fun with it. And if you're unsure on anything, yeah, just arming yourself with a little bit more information in a way that works for you. There are Instagram accounts, there are podcasts, there are books, there are YouTube videos. Honestly, we have this wealth of information available to us Try not to get too far down the rabbit hole with it. But if there's an aspect that you're not feeling comfortable with, I promise you there will be a free or really affordable resource to support you in that particular area. Yeah, or email you. Or email me, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one one piece of advice that my, my dad often tells me when it comes to investing, he's like, don't invest money that you're not happy losing. Mm-hmm. It's like only invest what you're happy to lose. Like if you're, you know, if you feel like, like you're okay with losing that money tomorrow, you need to be okay with it. Um, and because I'm, you know, 
only 30, I say in air quotes, he's like, you know, you shouldn't be looking at your investments because you're going to just leave it in there for, you know, 50 years and then look at it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and that's, and that's another thing too, you know, yes, you've got like day traders. I'm very jealous of them. The fact they have the time and the skill to, oh, you know, no. make, make hundreds and thousands of dollars a day just by, you know, trading stocks and things like that. But I mean, if that's, if that's something that you're interested in, definitely go down that path. Like it's very, mm. very lucrative. Um, uh, it takes a very particular skill set for it, um, you know. But for me personally, my my investments are all about building wealth for my family. So for me mm-hmm. and my kids, I want to have um, you know capital behind us, so that if you know my kids need something in the future, we've got wealth available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's just really important to me. And you know, over the years, as I've worked on my money mindset and I've armed myself with that education as you said I've grown in so much confidence uh, and I don't know everything like if you ask me about investing there's only a little bit that I can tell you um but you don't need to you don't need to know everything <laughs> you actually don't need you don't need to like you know go and study business or anything like that um like you said it's all about just starting you know going, yeah. going from there and you know don't be afraid to be intuitive about it either I think because investing is often seen as you know a man's thing like you said with the images of investing having men in it I think if we actually use our intuition and our gut around these things particularly when it comes to our values as you said with the ethical overlay is really really important because then that's actually going to help us feel more comfortable Mm. going into it and if we make a decision we're more comfortable and confident in then it's going to be an easier process as well a hundred percent Beck are there any final pieces of advice or little nuggets of wisdom that you would love to share with our audience today I know you've already shared like so many and I feel like I've <laughs> I've like drained your your brain like a sponge like what else oh. can we talk about <laughs> no I I can talk about this all day actually I would like to reflect on um, something I was speaking with somebody about yesterday, and um, this is going to be particularly relevant for the business owners that are listening. That is, when we started our business, is often the time that we have shown the most belief in ourselves. It's often involved a really big life-changing decision for some of us. For some of us, we've cut back on corporate work or even left entirely or we've made a decision to um, spend less time with our family or, you know, to spend a lot more time working. There's been a big decision involved that's taken a lot of belief and a lot of faith in ourselves to make that happen. What happens over time, So because we're so confident that we're going to make it happen, that we're going to make it work Mm. at that time, and it's just this beautiful moment of, yeah, I fully believe in myself that I can do this. After that decision, over time, we lose a bit of that belief and a little bit of that faith. So the one thing that I say that is just to try and come back to that belief as often as you can in all aspects of your life, including money. Because I promise you, I have not yet met someone that couldn't completely turn their financial situation around, right? I've not yet met a lost cause. So even (laughs) if even if you're feeling like, you haven't got your money stuff together or you're not good with money or something's going on that's not feeling really good for you, I can promise you that you can turn it around, you can work it out, and it might not even be that hard or require that much effort. Often it's a few small changes. But 
you can have all of the strategy in the world. You can have all, you know, I could put together a financial plan for you, which is brilliant. But if you don't have the belief and faith in yourself that you can do this, none of it will work. Mm. So I really, really, really encourage you to always come back to that belief, even if it feels really far away. It's just like, yeah, I am the person that believed in myself enough to do this. Even if you didn't start a business, there would have been a time in your life that you made a big decision that took a lot of belief in yourself. Come back to that moment and act from that place. And I promise you, if you come back to that often, your finances will be completely different in a month, two months, six months, 10 years. You won't recognize yourself. So just come back to that and take small actions as much as you can. I love that so much. That is... Just perfect. And you're right. I feel like, you know, investing and and everything to do with money, growing your wealth, getting better at money is a lot like starting a business. At first, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but, you know, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to believe in myself. And, you know, it might take time, takes time to grow a successful business. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of, you know, you and I and probably everyone else listening here knows, Um, but it's so worth it in the end mm-hmm. because you get to completely change your life around as you said Beck, thank you so so much for today I really really appreciate this conversation and all of the value that you have given I'm sure that you have given so many nuggets to the audience members today uh, if they would like to contact you how can they do that the best place to find me would be probably over on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, at Beck Dylan Hensby. I think you mentioned it will be in the show notes as well. Yes. Um, my inbox is always open. So if you have money questions, if you would like to pick my brain, I love, love, love answering them. So please feel free to send them through at any time. Yeah, and I, I can personally recommend Beck as well. I had a chat with her just yesterday, actually, (laughs) uh, about one of my own money goals. And, you know, I left feeling like so clear and confident and excited about, you know, our financial plan that I have. Um, And so, yeah, I highly recommend anyone who has any money questions at all, whether you're just starting out or, you know, you're growing something really big, please reach out to Beck if you have any questions. All right. So that has been another episode. Thank you again to Beck for today i'm really really glad i had you on today and i'd love to have you on again actually that would be really really cool (laughs) i I will be here with belva oh awesome uh remember that you can find more free resources in the facebook group the pricing on the cake if you would like to reach out to me with any questions you can do so at courtney at courtneydegan.com and until next time i hope you have an amazing and abundant day bye-bye